Good morning, everyone. My name is Sean Tierney, and this is the Automation Morning Show for Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. I hope you're having a great day. I'm feeling much better, not 100%, but much better. So appreciate everybody's kind words and thoughts. And uh, I just hope everything's going well for you. You've already had some coffee and you're enjoying your morning. Um, we have some construction going on here on our street. It's not even eight o'clock yet and they're, they're paving the street outside. So hopefully it won't make too much noise in here. But in any case, I did want to get started with today's news for you, our daily news roundup. So with that in mind, you can see that I did not mute my speaker on my PC again. So I'll blame it on the cold. Uh, but with that, let's go ahead and get started here. And I always like to stop by thanking the show sponsor for today. And that is the automationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or skater training, please send them over to our sponsor's website, theautomationschool.com. With that said, let's go ahead and jump into the news. And the first uh, press release or announcement we have this morning is that SMAC introduces new programmable electric actuator for filling. So this is over at A3, the Association for Advancing Automation's website. And uh, this is uh, their LPL80 electric linear moving coil actuator. And uh, one of the things they say is, you know, a lot of people will use the um, air cylinders for this type of application, you know, and you're kind of limited to, you know, two or three positions it can stop at. And you typically have two or three speeds or maybe even only one speed you can go at. With this electrical device, right, you have um, programmable speeds and positioning down to the microns. So pretty uh, interesting product. You can see a picture of it, I believe, down here. Um, no, no picture of it. So in any case, um, you may want to check this out. If you're looking for a programmable electric actuator, especially for filling applications, you may want to check out this new product from SMAC. So um, from there, we go over to a new article from Grace. And this one has some of the best new Bernie and Les cartoons I've seen in a while. So if you're a fan of these cartoons, you may want to check this out just for the cartoons. <clears throat> but in any case, um, this is really an article talking about their product they've had for over 20 years now, the Grace Port. And um, especially today when... Opening certain closures can require you to take all kinds of precautions, including arc flash precautions. Having a bulkhead connector in the front of the enclosure or on the side of the enclosure that has maybe 120 volt power for your laptop, USB and Ethernet for your devices internally can be very, very helpful. So if, uh, if you haven't had installed one of these yet and you have a location where you'd like to put one, uh, please reach out to the people over at Grace Engineering and this article does a great job explaining what the product does. And again, there's some great cartoons in there as well. From there, we go over to Banner. They have a new article, and I thought they did a great job on this one. They kind of go through the history of photoelectrics and kind of recent developments. So if you use a lot of photo eyes in your facility, or if you have a junior person on your staff who needs to get up to speed, uh, this would be an excellent article for them to read. I enjoyed it myself. I've been using photo eyes for over 30 years now. And uh, my, first, my first course I ever went to was a photo switch course at the old photo switch uh, factory in, uh, near Boston. So in any case, I don't know if it's still there or not, but um, we learned about the red line, the blue line, and the green line, the uh, 5000 series. But in any case, I thought they did an excellent job on this article. And you know, some of the newer things like IO Link we talk about quite often on the show, but also how uh, these new photo eyes have 
these uh, programmable ASICs in them that allow the manufacturers to add features over time, which I thought was a good point. So from there, we go over to a new article from Electromate, and uh, this is slip rings, their function, components, materials, and applications. So again, great if you've never used a slip ring and you want to get up to speed on them, or if you have a junior person on your staff, I thought they did an excellent job. Of course, Electromate has several lines of slip rings that they offer, but I did think they did a great job in this easy to read article. From there, we go over to RTA. Now, um, this article, tip, troubleshooting, yeah, let me start that again. Troubleshooting typical industrial protocol connectivity issues. Okay, so that's what the article is titled. And um, it really goes through what I think a lot of us more senior folks would just do intuitively when we're troubleshooting a system, right? We've troubleshooted so many over the years. But in any case, I thought it would be interesting. You may enjoy this to see if there's anything that uh, they recommend that you don't typically do, or maybe they forget something that you do typically include in your troubleshooting steps. And also, again, great for a junior person who may need some reading to, uh, you know, kind of get them up to speed on troubleshooting uh, Ethernet networks and industrial networks. So I thought they did a great job on that. And then we go over to our product spotlight. Today we're spotlighting the Control Logics Level 1 and 2 course from theautomationschool.com. It's entitled PAC Basics Extended Edition. One thing about this course, you know, it comes with lifetime access and support. But this particular course, it's one of the more expensive courses at the Automation School at $299. But it comes with a second course, Logics Live, which yours truly, truly taught about over a year ago. Uh, for some of our customers and um, so it's like getting two courses in one plus it includes the next course which I stopped filming any day now you're going to see a lot of changes here on the uh, workbench as I start pulling uh, equipment down and filming new lessons after the morning show so you will get that 2023 uh, new course available free of charge as well so if there's anybody you know who needs to get up to speed on control logics uh, this is a great deal three courses in one and lifetime access and support. So that's one of my favorite things is answering uh, student questions. You know, they're like, well, I haven't done this. This isn't working. And so I'm doing that every day up there. So that's our uh, product spotlight. From there, we go over to what I thought was an excellent article from the folks over at Opto22. And it's all about what's new in Node-RED 3.0. Now, if you don't know anything about Node-RED, we had, uh, I had uh, hired an engineer to write some articles for me over at theautomationblog.com. So you just search on Node right over there and you'll see he goes step through step setting it up. In his case, I think he was getting data out of an Allen Bradley PLC and sending it to a, uh, to a database or maybe even it was AWS so he could do some reports. And I think he actually used a Raspberry Pi maybe with Node Red. But in any case, um, you know, we have those articles over there at theautomationblog.com if you're interested. But if you've already used Node Red and you want to know what's new in version 3.0, I think the guys over at Opto22 did a great job really summarizing it. And I, I mean, it looks like there's some pretty cool new features in there, both usability, quality of life things. And uh, I wanted to recommend that article to you. Now, you may be asking, why is Opto22 writing about Node-RED version 3.0? Well, um, they just announced that the new Groove Epic firmware 3.5 is available. And so this uh, app brings a lot of things to the Groove Epic, including the latest version of Node-RED, but it also gives them Spark Plug 3.0 compatibility. So if you're using MQTT, maybe you're an ignition user, um, that might be pretty big for you. Um, there's some other things they get too with this I thought was very interesting. 
Um, a big one was the addition of OPC UA authentication, right? So that gives them the ability to work with other OPC UA servers that require authentication. So I thought that was great. And you can see there's a whole list here on the screen of the new features and functions. So very interesting. And I'm glad they use a link to, uh, here to the release notes for even more details. Some companies don't do that. We saw some recently where they came out with new versions and you really, it was difficult to even know what was new about these, uh, the new release. Uh, from there, we go over to an article over at WWT. You know, we've had Enrique on the show a few times, uh, the podcast talking about uh, OT security. And I thought this was an interesting one because they talk about, you know, the benefits of consolidating your cybersecurity platforms. Okay, and they just talk about this gener generically, whether it's IT or OT, it really doesn't matter. But I thought they make some good points. So if in your plant, you have multiple different cybersecurity platforms, you may be struggling with some of the things that they talk about in this article. And there's definitely a case that can be made for trying to consolidate your cybersecurity platforms, especially when it comes to training. And how likely are you to actually look up all the reports and view all the alarms and exception reports if you have multiple systems versus one system? So they make some good points and I wanted to share that article with you. From there, we go over to an application story, which I found very interesting. This is a new one over at Rockwell Automation, and it talks about using digital twin technology to improve maintenance. And the story is all about an application at a desalinization plant over on the West Coast of uh, the US, California. And it goes through and it kind of explains what desalination is, and it talks about some of the challenges with the different membranes that are used to pull the salt out. And I thought it was very interesting. I really enjoyed it. And um, if you think that's something you'd be interested in, check it out. It does link to an older but more in-depth uh, application profile on the same application. But I just thought it was interesting, and uh, you may as well. From there, we go over to uh, file downloads for today. And today, I found one download of interest. It's for the Synamics S120 from Siemens. It's a, their updated support package, SSP. Now, they list the S150, the G130, the G150. I don't understand why those are in parentheses because you can see even here, you can see it says uh, SSP Synamics S120 and it has all the different versions and models. And then in parentheses, it has some of these other devices as well. So um, I'm not up to speed on those. We have had the, uh, the Siemens folks on the show to talk about their VFDs and even integrating VFDs with uh, uh, other vendors. But uh, I, I, I guess uh, there's a new S120 out and I need to get somebody from Siemens on to talk about that. So that'll be my job. From there, we go over to what I'm calling the off topic article of the day. And I just, for any of you science buffs out there, I think you uh, might enjoy this. Um, this was an article, this is an article about, um, they, they call it, they title the article, A New Form of Silicon Targets Quantum Computing. I think that's a little misleading. Uh, basically, in a nutshell, it talks about some engineers who are scientists who were heating up and cooling silicon quickly to try to avoid having the silicon uh, atoms all arrange themselves, right, or molecules all arrange themselves um, so that, you know, all the electron, electron spins are aligned. And um, so really to change the properties of what the silicon does and actually compacts it. And when the atoms don't all line up, they get they can uh, get closer together and more compact. And I just thought it was a great article for any of the science buffs out there. I really enjoyed it. There's lots of great articles up there, but this one really stood out. So I wanted to share it to you in our off topic section this morning. From there, we go over to a reminder 
that if you think I miss any news this morning, that you can send it in using the news tip. You can also just use this form to say hi and, you know, um, tell me how I'm doing. But uh, in any case, uh, that link is at theautomationblog.com and automate.news. So you'll find the link at both sites. Also, I want to thank our sponsor, theautomationschool.com, where you'll find courses on PLCs, HMIs, and SCADA products. If you know anybody that needs training on those products, especially if they want to have a lifetime copy of the course and support from experts, then please visit our sponsor's website, theautomationschool.com. From there, I had a great meeting last night with the folks over at locals.com. So if you want to join our community, we're going to start doing uh, supporter-only live streams, uh, Q&As, you know, kind of behind-the-scenes type of uh, live streams. Visit us over at automation.locals.com. And from there, uh, just a reminder that while all 1,500-plus articles and videos at theautomationblog.com, we're actually celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year, they're all free. But... If you want to support the site, you can get uh, offline collections like our Control Logics Book of Knowledge, our Compact Logics e Guide, and all our video collections. Now, I did see somebody try to purchase something last night, and the order didn't go through. Typically, it's a mismatch between the address and the credit card and the address the person's putting in. So I do have to check into that today. So if one of our viewers tried to purchase something and it didn't go through, that's probably the problem. But I always check into those. Sometimes it's just scammers, but sometimes it really is just a misunderstanding. So I check on every failed order. But in any case, uh, if you want to support us, you can do so there. We also have, if you don't have enough coffee cups in your life or enough T-shirts in your life, we have them um, with really cool, groovy logos like this automation one right here on this cup over at theautomationblog.com forward slash shop. Now, if you were one of those people who signed the super secret red guest book at MIA 2023, you will have received one of these beautiful $17 cups in the mail. And uh, I just want to thank you. You can, you'll can you see pictures up on LinkedIn of the people who got them. But I just want to thank you for uh, coming, visiting me at MIA and, and, uh, and signing the Super Secret Guest Book, which is really just my way of getting your address so I could send you the free coffee cup. Also, if, if uh, you didn't catch the earlier show this week, all of the prizes for, I think we had 15 or 16 um, winners from the contest. Um, we had kind of two categories. We had the people who, like, submitted every single day and then we had the category of people who submitted maybe once or twice and so we drew the names we sent out all those i'm sorry we didn't have enough to send every single person um a prize i'm also sorry we're, we're not able to do international shipping to the uk kiev australia we said that in the form we said that during the show but people still applied from those places so i apologize we couldn't do international shipping but um, the price is more than what, the, what we would be sending you. So um, in any case, I do want to thank everybody who took part in that contest. We are looking at doing more contests in the future, but uh, thanks everybody who took part in that. From there, we go over to a reminder that every single story I've covered in all, this is now, I think, 80, episode 81 this year, every single link I've ever talked about is up at automate.news. No www, no .com. It's just automate.news. And you'll see all the links here from yesterday. And uh, you click on the link, you go right to the story. There's no in-between, middle article, or whatnot. And, uh, you know, I also, while I'm here, I want to thank Siemens for running ads at theautomationblog.com and at automate.news. You know, as a content creator, advertising is how we keep the lights on and uh, sponsorships as well. And uh, while we can't ask you to click on any of the Google ads you may see on our site, we can definitely ask you to support our sponsors by clicking on their ads and reading up about their products. And so I want to encourage anybody who wants to support us, uh, that's a free way you can do it, is check out what they're talking about here. In this case, they're talking about 
uh, in-depth multi-layer security for ITOT operations. So please check that out and thank our sponsor for sponsoring our website. And with that, I want to thank you all for tuning in today into the uh, Automation Morning Show. I uh, really appreciate you guys uh, following and getting in touch and uh, leaving me messages. I know I'm seeming to always be behind on messages, but I try to get through every week by answering all of them. And I just want to wish you all a very happy, a very safe, and a very healthy day. And until next time, my friends, peace.